0: at Humboldt High School and it didn't go out it didn't I didn't do that well honestly like I I didn't even wrestle varsity my freshman year so I, so I I remember just leaving practice and I would go outside and I'd wait for my parents to pick me up and I would sit on the curb and, and it sounds really bad but I would I would sit there and cry until they pick me up <laughs> and and so I, I would then they'd pick me up I'd go home and there was this video and I, but I, I wanted to keep. I, I, well, at the time, I sometimes I ask, I'm, I'm gonna quit. Like, I'm gonna quit. Like, I just, I couldn't handle like the pressure. I couldn't handle like not living up to the expectation.
1: Welcome back to the spar life, everyone. Happy Monday. Today, we have a special guest for you and someone that we think that you will enjoy very much. To introduce some of his accolades, he is entering his 15th season of collegiate coaching. A third of those seasons, so five times, this individual has been named his conference coach of the year. In 15 seasons, he has had over 23 All-Americans and 40 Scholar All-Americans. Wow. As an athlete, this individual was a two time All American himself, a two time Scholar All American, a two time team captain for his national championship winning team, where he was also named the team's most valuable athlete. This individual was a member of the national championship team that also set the NCAA point scoring record, had 10 All Americans, and is the, and set the record for the widest winning point margin in NCAA history. This is an individual who you probably don't think that you know. However, you know much more about him than you think. He is our very own Kevin Bratland. What's going on, guys? Coach, Good to be back. (laughs) Thanks thanks for having me on. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for joining (laughs) us today. So, Coach, I feel like we've done about almost 50 episodes of this podcast, right? Yeah, we've had a couple episodes where we've tried to dive in and and do a little bit of background. We actually did one earlier this season and uh, we had Dr. Snow when she was still in Connecticut, ask us some questions um, about you specifically. But as we were going through and kind of analyzing the podcast and looking at some different things that we could do to maybe improve, um, improve the podcast and improve the listening experience, it dawned on us. We don't actually talk about ourselves all that much.
0: No, I would. That is one of the hardest things for me, and, and I'm sure for you as well. And a lot of wrestlers are just so humble, and you don't really want to say like, like I've like things. All you you listed those off, and I'm just like kind of embarrassed about them as you're like reading them <laughs> off. I'm just kind of, and I shouldn't be, but you know, no, cause, not at all. Because and I am proud of them, but it's just I don't. know. It's just not my nature to like brag about who I am. But th- but at the same time, if you're gonna like do a podcast and you're gonna put stuff out there, you, you probably have to have some some reasons why you'd be believable, right? And I have some. I guess we can get, I have some stories that I think will help people understand and get to know me better where I came from, how I um, developed into, into who I am today, you know, beyond just wrestling. But, yeah, I, th- I think, you know, talking about <laughs> yourself is, is extremely hard. So I'm going to do the best I can to, to uh, talk about myself and hopefully it doesn't sound like I'm bragging because I don't want it to be.
1: No, and I don't think it should come off as braggadocious or anything, coach, but I, I do think that some of these accolades that you have, they lend themselves to your credibility and into what you've been able to do here in your time at the Coast Guard Academy and, and just some of the additional certifications that you have. And perhaps we can get into this a little bit later, but you, you have a USA weightlifting certification. You know, you have your, um, CSCS, which means you're a certified strength and conditioning coach. You're a level one CrossFit trainer. You know, you've attended the National Wrestling Coaches Association and their Leadership Academy countless times. And um, I believe almost every year since you started coaching. Is that accurate?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Going to the the, uh, convention is is important. It's an important part of uh, professional development. And it just just trying to get better, right? We talk about in this podcast, the spar life and trying to get better and optimizing yourself. And I'm, I'm continually trying to optimize myself. I don't want to be stagnant in who I am right now. I want to be a better version, you know, next, you know, next month, next year. And so I think your wealth of knowledge will help
1: impart some additional wisdom for our listeners and, and maybe just to get a better picture of who you are for maybe some recruits and recruiting parents that are out there that, that want to know who Kevin Bratlin is, past, you know, he's a wrestling coach and a a HPE teacher here at the Academy. And so why
0: don't you start off coach, tell us where you're from, how you grew up, maybe small town, Iowa vibes. Yeah. So I grew up in the state of Iowa. I grew up in Humboldt, Iowa, which is a town of about 4,500 people. Actually at my address, my parents' address is Dakota city, Iowa, which is probably smaller than a thousand. Um, but it was, I mean, I loved growing up in Iowa. I loved the small town. I grew up in a rural agricultural town. Um, everybody, it, it, lots of industry, you know, factories and uh, things like that going on. So it was, I wouldn't say a large town, but everybody was very like blue collar. Either you were, either you were worked on a farm, you were a farmer, or you worked in some sort of industry factory, and then all the things that make up a town as well. But a lot of blue collar workers and a lot of people that just worked really hard for what they had, and I think that helped me a lot growing up safe to say that it was a town that everyone knew each other yes very much so yes yeah, so <laughs> I grew up or I grew or I graduated sorry I graduated with a class of like 110 111 students so not a very large high school we are the middle class in Iowa there's three classes um, and I remember just from a young age in, in third grade I started wrestling I remember going out and practicing the wrestling mats and um so a couple i guess maybe some name drops right so if anybody knows who frank gotch is frank gotch was a wrestler in the early 1900s as a professional wrestler was like was huge i mean it would he'd it'd be like uh i don't know who's the big like conor mcgregor of his time right right now oh i thought you meant like physically big like oh, conan the oh, barbarian no, i <laughs> think he is physically big as well but like probably 200 pounds you know but yeah, no but, but i mean stardom big, like big. stardom popular yeah. he uh he actually wrestled in Comiskey Park back where the white where the White Sox played. Okay, um, and I can't remember who he who he wrestled, but they were and he did like catch wrestling, which was like a, not like it like collegiate wrestling, but catch wrestling and there's is a uh, form of like you can pin them, but you can also submit them, and I don't even know if there was even a time limit. And Dang. so it would so kind of like be the. uh MMA, maybe a little bit, but without the punching along with some wrestling. So it wasn't exactly like collegiate wrestling. Uh, there's also a statue of him in my hometown. Um, there's a park named after him. So he was this huge, huge wrestling. And that's who our little kid, little kids wrestling club was named after. So it was the Gotch wrestling club. And so right away, just living in humble, like where Frank Gotch is from, where he trained this, he was a world champion. I guess I probably should have mentioned that from the beginning. It <laughs> was small detail, small detail, like world champion where this guy trained. And that's, that's where I grew up. And then to go along with that, the kind of some of the accolades of, of Humboldt wrestlers, and I'm sure I'm going to miss many of them, but some of the biggest modern-day ones are guys like Kevin Dresser. Kevin Dresser graduated from Humboldt High School. He is the head wrestling coach at Iowa State University and then was at Virginia Tech. Um, also Tony Ursland, er- Tony and he was in high school actually at the same time as my brother. They wrestled on the same team, and Tony Ursland is the head wrestling coach at Purdue. No way. So,
1: you, so you're telling me that there's now... At least, at least three pretty
0: high-profile college coaches so that came from a three, town of yep. th- how many? Yeah, forty-five hundred. So, yeah, so three, Jeez. so three college coaches. So that's kind of shows you how big wrestling was there, right? Yeah, no kidding. Um, and so I, the I, of I, Iowa. So starting in third grade, and I remember I walked out in my my fat high top fast backs and sweatpants and my and my Frank got shirt because I loved it, <laughs> and that was how I started wrestling. And I never had wrestling shoes. I just wore I just wore the high tops, the sneakers in the beginning. And, but I always had great role models, you know, growing up, I always had people ahead of me that were like my brother and, and people his age that were, that were successful and, and that I could emulate. And that's what we would do. And so as, as, so growing up and, and also my parents, my dad was also a wrestler. So was also a state placer when he was in high school. And so I just had that kind of, you know, in my town, in my family. So it was very, always wrestling oriented. My, my mom sits in the stands and coaches.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Famous. And wrestling I don't mean, mom, I right? don't mean, no, I don't mean just like saying, come on, Kevin, let's go. It's like, Hey, hey you know, she'll name off like yeah, double leg, double leg. <laughs> arm, 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 the arm. Yeah. Things like that. And, and you would know, I could always hear her. I, my dad wasn't as loud, even though he's the one that had more wrestling knowledge, but uh, my mom knows all the moves. And I guess I shouldn't say she had, my dad has more wrestling knowledge. He wrestled. <laughs> she has a vast wrestling knowledge. So I I, I got to ask, you
1: know, coming from Massachusetts, myself, the New England area, it's from what I've experienced is not as big of a wrestling culture as Iowa and seemingly Humboldt is with some of these very famous uh, wrestling icons that have emerged from that town.
0: Um, wrestling actually, actually I have one more hit me. So he's not from Humboldt, Iowa, but he did a student teaching at in Humboldt, we'll count it. Guess can you guess who it is? Oh man, but one uh, of the biggest wrestlers that you can think of. that does not currently wrestle; is retired. I mean, uh, can I go out on a limb and just say Gable? Yep. Really? <laughs>
1: yeah. He, he did a student teaching at Humboldt. Yep. Wow. <laughs> Jeez, that that is like wrestling mecca, right? Yeah. No. And then, well, I guess. But I, I so I have to imagine, Coach, that. Coming from a a wrestling mecca like Humboldt, where it is very blue collar, right? There's just a hardworking mentality about the people in that area. and, And wrestling is so ingrained in that community and that culture. It it probably wasn't always easy, right? There was probably moments where you were upset or, or in tears or wanted to quit or didn't want to do it. And, you know, maybe tell us a story of, about your youth where, um, you know, things weren't a, a, as kosher or as fun as
0: they always seem to be now. Yeah, the the well, the positive as a youth, my grandpa used to pay me a dollar for every pin I got. So that was that was the positive. You must have been rich. <laughs> and so I go to tournaments, you wrestle Ron Robin, you, you, know, you pin three guys and you get three dollars when you go home. But I, I would say my, uh, I start thinking, oh yeah, so I, so I start thinking of, you know, a lot of like, we talk a lot about mindset. We talk about like living a spar life on the podcast, right? And I, I look back to my youth and start thinking where I was at at that time, you know, was I living a spar life? You know, obviously no one's telling me at that time, but what was my mindset like? What was I like? And and then it, I was I was pretty good when I was younger, um, you know, went to like youth state championships, did well at those, and you know, was a finalist in those. And then I remember going into high school and I felt like the expectation for me was to live up to somebody like Kevin Dresser. And Kevin Dresser was a, let me see if I can get this right. He was a four-time placer, I believe, in Iowa. And I want to say a two-time state champ. And they went on to the University of Iowa and was a national champ. Right. And so for Big so, shoes to fill. so for someone to say, hey, you know, you're going to be like the next... Kevin dresser or I'm thinking that at least I know. And I don't th- remember anybody specifically saying that to me, but that's like what, what you want to do when you were going into high school as, as a, a freshman at, at Humboldt high school. And it didn't go out. It didn't, I didn't do that. Well, honestly, like <laughs> I, I didn't even wrestle varsity my freshman year. Wow. So I, so I, I, remember just leaving practice and I would go outside and I'd wait for my parents to pick me up and I would sit on the curb and, and it sounds really bad, but I would, I would sit there and cry until they picked me up. <laughs> oh, and, and so I, I would, then they'd pick me up, I'd go home and there was this video and I, but I, I wanted to keep, I, well, at the time I sometimes I ask them, I'm going to quit. Like I'm going to quit. Like I just, I couldn't handle like the pressure. I couldn't handle like not living up to the expectation. I felt like, you know, my identity was rusting and now I was failing. And, and so I would, I end up. I don't know where we got it, but I got a, a a video VHS called Dan Gable Competitor Supreme, and so they do sell, still sell this, and you can still find it. I have and, a DVD. And, and by video, you mean it was probably a VHS at no, this yeah, time. No, yeah, it was VHS then. <laughs> now it's on DVD. But I would watch it almost every night after practice, and I would go to practice, come outside. Cry, go home, watch Dan Gable, Competitor Supreme, <laughs> get motivated again, go back to practice. And that was probably like my first year of wrestling in high school. Oh, my gosh. And so it wasn't great. And yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like I did like I, I did well, like on the JV team. You know, I, I wrestled well. I had a good record, like all of those things. I wrestled a little bit of varsity in and out. and But and then. Things started to turn around. Yeah. I just kept, I kept stuck with it. And the next, the next year I started, I I went to the state tournament and then the next year I started again. I placed to the state tournament. The next year I started again and made this, or actually my junior year, I made the state finals and then my senior year I ended up getting third, but I mean, I could have also just quit when I was a freshman. Yeah. And so that was a very defining, I guess, year for me. And I, think dealing with that the adversity of that, although it doesn't seem like much, you know just getting your butt kicked in practice probably doesn't seem like a whole lot of adversity, but for somebody that's fourteen years old yeah
1: i mean you gotta is, say, right? for, for anyone to i guess seemingly fail at anything they do day after day after day after i mean that definitely takes a toll on someone there's there's no doubt whether it's a physical butt kicking or a mental or you know whatever it might be, but it's definitely some adversity for for a young fourteen year old coach Bratton. yeah <laughs> um but but I think a good segue. So you, you end up having a pretty successful high school career by by most standards. You know, maybe sure. not Kevin Dresser esque, yep. but but in your own right, you know, pretty successful for for a good um you know a middle road. Um, yeah, my my team also school. placed third at
0: the state tournament my senior year. Yeah. My, my, my my brother placed as a freshman, so we both placed the same year. Yeah, that's and, exciting. And so we, we got a trophy at the state tournament. So it was it was cool. It kind of capped off my my senior career, or my senior or my high school career my senior year and. So so then you go
1: from humble beginnings in Humboldt, Iowa, right? You go from not starting as a as a freshman on your high school team to then you're in the same recruiting class for Iowa State University with some of the biggest names that have ever graced our sport in Cale Sanderson, Sanderson and Anderson, Joe, Heskett. Joe
0: Heskett. And there were other like Iowa Wrestler of the Year, Jimmy Rogers. I mean, Jesse West, uh, he wrestled for Iowa City. High. There's other names and... Tons I, of tons of great wrestlers. Do you, I, you don't know them you don't you know a personally,
1: but... Yeah, I got to interrupt you for a second. You probably don't know this. I use that line in recruiting calls all the time. I'm like, yeah, Coach Bratton, same recruiting class as Kale Sanderson.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and Kale, you know, I knew in my freshman year, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say, we're not like, you know, we're not calling each other every day right now, but he was, you know, he was... You know, well, awesome. we, did, we did get an email two years ago, remember that? Yeah, about Cale yeah, yeah. emailed us better recruit. recruit. Yeah. 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 So, so he, I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So he's super nice guy, was was great, great teammate to have. I mean, he worked obviously he ended up being really good, worked hard. Joe Heska is the same. He, Joe Heska ended up being one of my really good friends. And so we hung out a lot and he was also a national champ at Iowa State. And I had left Iowa State by that point. I actually left Iowa State after my freshman year there. Um and moved on to you know division three school and started wrestling there. But but the experience I had at Iowa State was was actually really really good. Jason Nery, who was a national runner up at Iowa State, he had graduated the year before I went there, and he kind of took me under his wing and just worked with me, you know. And that was kind of I really like that was very very helpful for me. And but I remember my first probably two two months at Iowa state. I mean, I didn't even get a takedown. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was like freshman year high school all over again. Yeah. I was like, no. Uh, and I, I just remember I would get, you know, and the hardest part of, of taking somebody down in college is just finishing, right? Like yeah. I can get their legs. I just couldn't finish. And that's, nope. that's kind of a wrestling thing. But now, did you go back to watching Dan Gable? I did not. At the no, I did not. Um, what was the coping me- mechanism I, then? You know what? I don't even know. I, I, I didn't, uh, I just stuck with it. I think what would happen was I just kept working hard. Um, They started putting me against like Dwight Henson, who's a four-time All-American at Iowa State. And honestly, just like the grind of and wrestling at those guys at that level, I started getting better. By the end of the year, guys that I couldn't take down in the first two months, I was beating. Yeah. Like that's how much progress like I made in that first year. That's awesome. And so that I think success at that point in time, getting that first takedown was like, all right, like I can do this. Like I can do this.
1: And so – academically you were doing fine at Iowa state. It was more of just a
0: philosophical and personal decision to, yep. to then move on to, to go to the yes. next school. Yeah. So then I ended up, I transferred to Buena Vista university for just out of convenience, really. Like I, I liked the coach. He recruited me hard out of high school. It was close. Also to, in Iowa. Yeah. Also in Iowa. Yep. Yeah. So it was probably 45 minutes from more from my hometown. So not very far. Um, and I, 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 I ended up staying there for a semester. And then I decided to leave school and I, and I was, so this is kind of a weird ordeal. I was the starting 141 pounder on that team. And at semester I just basically said, yeah, I'm done. Why? I don't know. I just, I just wasn't, I wasn't feeling it. I just didn't feel.
1: Were you not feeling college wrestling? Were you not feeling the school? Were you not feeling that
0: maybe college was for you? I think, I think the college wasn't for me thing. I think the, uh, I wasn't, I guess, uh, I'm, I'm not trying, I'm trying not to say anything like too overly bad. Yeah. And, that, and I didn't feel that I was on the same page as, as people on the team with what I wanted to accomplish. I had some personal things in my own life that I was struggling with. Um, and I just, I just set them down. I was cutting a lot of weight. I mean, yeah. I also at 157 at Warburg. I was a 141 there. Right. And so,
1: and I have to imagine that coming from such a blue collar town where people are doing a lot of factory work and you're working in the factories yourself through high school. And and then the beginning, there was probably some alert there where it's just like, Hey, you know, this is where I grew up. This is what I always did. You know, do I really need this college education?
0: Yeah. And that, and that was, that was a thought too. I'm just, I just said, Hey, I'm done. And I left and I, I was going to go just work construction. And I I kind of enjoyed that. I was like, Hey, I'm just going to learn to you know, build homes and, and I started shingling and I did that for that whole second semester and that all, that whole summer. And then I, 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 did go back to school part-time. I started going to, to Iowa Central Community College part-time and, but at the, at the same time I was, you know, I was working and, and I was actually coaching uh, for my high school, you know, helping out there which was a fantastic experience for me, probably in terms of learning, but probably not very good for the people that I was coaching. <laughs> I was definitely not a good coach at that time. I would say I was very bad. Well, what makes you say that? I had high expectations of people and I, and I didn't care. I didn't care who they were, or what they thought I, I knew, or I said, this is how you become the best. So either you do this or you just don't be on the team. <laughs> like that's kind of that's kind of yeah. how I was. Yeah, I'll say that's kind of a Division One mentality. No. Yeah, and 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 then I remember. um, So Bruce Reimers, who was an NFL player, played for the Bengals. He played in the Super Bowl when well, they played the 49ers. Tell me, he's from Humboldt too? No, he's from Humboldt. Humboldt. He's, he's a
1: graduate. Yeah, graduate oh from Humboldt gosh. High School.
0: Yeah. So so is uh, Dallas Clark. Played for the Colts. You got yeah. something special, oh, about Dallas that water. Clark? Went to a different high school, but he's from the area. Oh my god! But. I remember Bruce Reimers, and he is a giant of a man. Like, I remember going to church in the mornings, on Sunday mornings, and he would walk in, and he would have to duck under the – to get (laughs) get into the church, he would have to duck under the doorway.
1: Is he bigger or smaller than Frank Gotch?
0: (laughs) He is definitely bigger than Frank Gotch. In terms of fame, I don't know. In terms of stature, he is definitely bigger than Frank Gotch. Frank Gotch is probably six foot. Bruce Reimers has got to be like six, seven. I don't know. He's huge. He's like six, seven. 300 Super
1: Bowl, know, he, Yeah. He's, I, he's a lineman. Yeah, he's yeah. a lineman. He's big. I guess big. that
0: makes sense. And he, so he pulls me, he pulls me into the coach's office one day and he's helping out too. He's just volunteering his time. And he's like, Kevin, he's like, you gotta like cool your jets. <laughs> 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 and I'm just like, okay. Yeah, I'm, and I'm in my head. I'm just thinking. well, I just, we just want to win. Like we just, I just want to be the best. Like, you know, we can win. Like we had good people on the team. Like we were good. And, he's like, some of these kids are working the hardest they've ever worked in their life. Yeah. You know, you got to think the range of high school athletes too, right? Sure. It ranges from JV guys that are not winning a whole lot to obviously guys that are state placing in the state tournament, vying right. for state championships. Right. And he, he's like, these guys are all going to quit. <laughs> and, and I'm just at the time I was kind of like upset that he said that. I'm just like, well, what do you mean? I didn't get it. I was just like, I don't get it. Why would they quit? But yeah. Why would they quit? Or Who cares if they quit? Like, and, wow. but it actually opened my eyes to more or less how you should treat your student athletes, what you should, you know, what engaging them, like, like gauging, like, what is this, especially at a high school, the high school of, you know, college, you, p- people are coming to wrestle. Typically they want to can have continued success, you know, from their high school um, careers, but, but it just really helped me how to interact and how to treat people on the team and not to basically be a jackass. Right. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. I mean, yeah. So that was, that was a good experience. I mean, and then ultimately that experience led me to going back to school and wrestling.
1: Yeah. And I I think we were talking off air about this and that, that in of itself, I think is a very interesting story. And you mentioned, um, Kevin Dresser earlier in, in the podcast, but he was actually very influential and you decided to go back to school, right?
0: Yes. It kind of come full circle with Kevin Dresser he came back and did a clinic for the high school kids. I was coaching that year for whatever reason. And I'm sorry, how old are you at this time? What am I? 19. Okay. So I like that right. So I'd have been, yeah, maybe I turned 20 because my birthday was in the fall. Okay. Like I just, and then he, uh, he comes back, he does a clinic and then somehow I end up like start wrestling. I'm wrestling him live. I don't even know how that even was orchestrated. <laughs> I don't know if he just came over and said, "Hey, you want to wrestle?" Like, or if I was his partner when we were when we were doing technique. But I, I ended up doing like live goes with him. And this is when he was coaching at Virginia Tech or Christiansburg, or I, I must have been Christiansburg. He must have still been a high school coach at that time, where they okay. were winning like, or maybe it was Grundy. That was his first one, right, where they were yeah. winning numerous state championships. But but he was still in shape. He was, I mean, I think he had come off a hernia surgery or something, and he <laughs> was just like still wrestling. He didn't care, and so I, I worked out them for a little bit, wrestled. And we sat down afterwards and, you know, we're, we're sweating and we're breathing hard. And he's just like, you know, so what are you doing? And I'm like, what do you mean? I don't coach and wrestling. <laughs> he's like, yeah, but why aren't you, why aren't you wrestling or why aren't you in college? I was like, I don't know. I was, I tried it and I just wasn't going to do it. And then he's basically just like, he's like, you're, you're too good not to wrestle. Wow. He's like, go, go to school, like go wrestle. Wow. And so I was like, okay. And so then, <laughs> so then I was like, all right. Well, maybe I will do this. Maybe I'll. Maybe I will uh, give this a shot. I mean, this guy Kevin Dressler, who's like, you know, a huge, a big deal yeah, in. Yeah, I mean, he was Island. an idol for you growing up, right? And so this guy's telling me that I'm good enough, and this guy's telling me that I need to go to college and wrestle. Well, then I should probably go to college and wrestle. Yeah. And so I start, and so that kind of takes me to thinking about college wrestling. Um, some of the high school or some of the college kids or which would have been more of like my, my age guys that are, that are off wrestling in college. They come back to humble over Christmas breaks and stuff. Right. And so they come to the high school and they wrestle Well, I'm there. So I wrestle with them and and I'm not really like training. I'm just like lifting weights and coaching high school kids. Shingling ho- roots. Yeah. And, and <laughs> working construction. And, and so I, so I work out with them. Right. And, and I'm doing really well. I mean, I, I would say that I was getting the better of them and, and, the majority of the exchanges and again that kind of like all right these guys are wrestling in college right now these guys are on christmas break from a, a semester of training i was like i'm i'm not even in shape to do this and i'm still doing well so then i end up and and i so that that's where i'm like all right i'm gonna do this for
1: those of you who know coach bratland this probably isn't how you envisioned his story beginning tune in next week to hear about his reunion with college wrestling